Welcome back to Overdue. I'm Mrs. Watts, your Annex Librarian. And I'm Coach Hill, your Main Building Librarian. In today's episode, we do what we always do. habit of um, just talking about what we read, which I'm kind of loving and excited about. Um, so the book that I just finished is Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman. And it's a Reese uh, Witherspoon book club pick. It's something that I've been eyeing since I bought it my first year in the library. I think I mentioned that last time. Um, and like by the end of it, my jaw drop. I did not expect it to be what it was. It was such a good book. So it's cool. about um, Eleanor Oliphant. She is in her 30s, and she works at this graphic design company just like in accounts. Um, she's been there since she graduated college, and she lives a very isolated life. She's very socially awkward. And the weird thing is she thinks everyone else is socially awkward and comments on other people's quirks. But she herself is very quirky and makes things very uh, just uncomfortable in social situations. Um, And so, again, lives very isolated, socially awkward, and um, has, like, no human contact outside of at at work. Doesn't have visitors, doesn't go out with friends, doesn't do anything to start the novel. And so um, it... It gives you notes of this traumatic history in her life, but you have no idea what it is. They're just these small little little uh, hints toward something has happened to this woman. Um, and then at one point in the book, the the IT guy at work who's just this nice guy, and she comments on him, but um, he just – this is probably my favorite thing about the book. He just has these simple kindnesses of, like, do you want to go um, grab some lunch? Do you want to walk out from work together? Just being very simply kind. And um, in one of those interactions, they both witness this man like fall out in the middle of the street and, and decide to stay with him and get him to the hospital. And then so that kind of creates these relationships in her life that she's initially really uncomfortable with and then begins to love this um more social life, busy life. And as she becomes more comfortable with him, she kind of opens up about some of that trauma. And um, throughout that 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 storyline, she's also gone to a, a concert for a local musician and thinks he's the love of her life. Just from eyesight, it's very strange. But she's just in love with him and, like, almost stalking him, um, researching about him. And then... Uh, Goes to one of his concerts, realizes that he is not anything that she's interested in. And um, at the concert, though, there's a smoke machine that triggers her traumatic past and kind of sends her into this downward spiral of, um, like, she doesn't come out of her apartment for three days and just is uh, kind of in a, in a place where she wants to hurt herself. And the IT guy shows up, just a simple kindness and a friend worried about her. And so it's just a really well-written story of an isolated person 
Um, simple kindness is kind of drawing her out of her shell and then, but also just deep, heavy things, which I think a lot of people could relate to right now, just this day and age, there's just a lot of heaviness. And so simple kindnesses go a long way. And, um, but I'm not going to talk about the ending of the story. It blew my mind. I did not expect it. It is such a twist. Um, it was such a good book. I loved it. It was like, not. There are elements of romance that I talked about, but it's not by any means a romantic comedy. It's just, honestly, it's more about good people doing good things yeah. and helping. I mean, it just. That's kind of funny because. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the book that I read actually has a lot of those elements, too, about yes. uh, um, other characters maybe pulling the main character out of their shell a little yes. bit. Um, so I had said I was going to read A Man Called Uva by Frederick Bachman. Um, Uva is an old, uh, grumpy man. Mm-hmm. Um, and frankly, he's, he's, uh, ready to move on to whatever comes after life. Okay. Um, but, uh, some neighbors move in that are full of personality and, uh, you know, he's, he's always true to who he is. And, and throughout the book, he's, he's, he sees things a certain way, very black and white. Uh, he's very practical. Yes. Um, that sounds like my character. But throughout the and, – and he doesn't understand if other people don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, he's viewed as just very grumpy and stubborn. But throughout the book, you you learn a lot about his past. Um, and it really – you know, just the character development that goes along with that. And, and you realize that um, – even though he is this kind of old, they use the word curmudgeon on the, on the mm-hmm. book cover. I love that word. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that doesn't mean that he's a bad person. Um, in fact, he's full of life and love in his own way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the book is really just about, you know, the, the storyline, the plot is really just about him. Aside from learning about who he is and why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm. And, um which some of it is just who he is. But anyways, uh, a lot of the storyline is about just those neighbors that moved in mm-hmm. and kind of, like you said, kind of pulling them out of a shell a little bit. And, right. and um, maybe, but not definitely making him reconsider uh, whether or not he wants to be here a little longer. Gotcha. Um, and it's also actually a really funny book, which is mm-hmm. weird to say after all of those things that I just said. But it's it's sure. intentionally funny. Right. Um, just just the nature of Uva's character. Yes. Uh, is just intentionally. He's just it's it's funny in its own way. Is um, the humor in yours really dry? Because <clears throat> mine, the humor in mine is like it's it's the social situations where my character thinks the other person's being awkward, but she's really being like, it's humorous, but in a very like, yes, mine's the same way. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Right. Like Uva's perspective of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, He doesn't understand why that's not everyone else's perspective of the world. And and all the interactions that occur because of that Uh are funny. Yes. Yes. It's Um, funny to see. It's uh, maybe not funny. It's interesting to see how those books um, connect. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And so not intentionally, but I overachieved and read another book yes. um, since we last recorded. You're lapping me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I read In Five Years, and I don't have the book in front of me because a student just checked it out the other day after I finished with it. Nice. Um, and, and I didn't look up who the author was, so sorry about that. Um, but In Five Years is a is a romance novel, and mm-hmm. I think it's probably the first romance novel that I've ever read. 
Um, and I liked it. So there's this woman, Danny, uh, who is very, uh, she's a, she's a planner, right? Like down to the minute. Um, that's just how she lives her life. And on the night of her engagement, which was essentially pre-planned, like it was just overly obvious that that's what was going to happen that night. Um, she comes home with her now fiance and falls asleep and has this dream. And in the dream, it's five years into the future. And she's with another man um, in a different apartment. Um, and it was just, the dream was overly real, mm -hmm. um, almost uh, like a premonition. Mm -hmm. And so throughout the book, as five, she, you know, she wakes back up, she's back in the modern time. And throughout the book, these five years are going by. Um, and she ends up encountering this man. Um, and, and I won't say how, but mm -hmm. she ends up encountering this man. And so this whole time through the book, it's kind of, it, it feels like it's very predictable, right? It seems like there's two outcomes, right? She's either going to um, stay with her current fiance or is she is this premonition from this dream going right. to come true and she's going to end up with this guy from the dream. Um, and I won't say which of those happens. I will say one of those happens. Um, and the reason you know, and so as you're reading it, and I, I really enjoyed the book, but as you're reading, you're like, okay, one of these two things is going to happen and then the book's going to end, right? And so one of those two things does happen, but the reason for it happening is different from what you might think um, as you're reading. And because because of that kind of different, this, that different reason for the, for the ending, for the conclusion, um, it makes me it makes me like the book that much more. Mm -hmm. I already liked it. It right. was it was I enjoyed reading it, um, especially for my first romance novel. Um, but a, twist is the wrong word. It's not really a twist, but the the a re layer. Yes, a layer. yes, that extra layer that was added in mm -hmm. for the way that the book ends, um, made it much more whole to me. That's awesome. I remember you, I mean, we talk obviously on a day-to-day -day, day -day basis. And so you had told me you were nearing the end and you thought it was going to end one of two ways. Yeah. Um, and then we talked the next day and you said, yes, but no. Right. And so that was cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, as we did last time, uh, we'll finish up today by talking about what we're going to read next. Mm -hmm. And also like last time, I'm already into mine a little bit. Of course. Um but before that, we'll also once again listen to a book uh, preview from one of our White House High School students. Last time, I failed to mention that the music that's playing behind the students' reading uh, is chosen by them. They were tasked with finding music that appropriately fit their novel. Yeah. You can check the episode description for all of the appropriate uh, artist acknowledgments and, mm -hmm. and licensing yeah. uh, credits. So I have to say this real quick while you're talking about that. That's actually why you picked up that romance novel, right? Yes. Good call. Because yes. Because a student so in, had done yes. a clip and the music they put with it, like, it sold yes. you. I'm glad you, like, I'm glad you remembered that because yes. I would I have been upset if I forgot to mention so that. So it's really I cool. only read In Five Years because I was editing all of these things for the students because uh, uh -huh. I was collaborating with Miss Denton for the project. Right. And I listened to the student read and I was like, that's interesting. And then I put the music track behind it uh -huh. that she picked and something about that combination – uh, I just that was, I knew that was the next book that I was going to read. So to I'm me, glad you remember is, that. Thanks I, for bringing that, that is, up. Well, it's so cool to me that students. Right, that's the point, right? Right. Well, that they can pick something that really just <laughs> this word might be silly, but like elevates the book or right. Like, mm, I don't know. It's really it gives cool it some when life. they do a good job. Yeah, yes, for so, sure. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, I, I just failed to mention that last time that students are 
that they have picked the music track that's mm -hmm. playing behind them while they're reading. Um, and so we'll take a short break and we will listen to a book preview from White House high school student Skylar Lightgo. I know now my brother was innocent, even if no one else does. I've waited over five years. I can wait a little longer. And in the meantime, I'll keep looking into our open leads. Pip's heart nodded, voiding itself of everything. She had to hurt him. It was the only way. The only way to make him give up, to keep him safe. Whoever murdered Andy and Sal, they'd shown her they were prepared to kill again. And she couldn't let it be Ravi. She couldn't look at him. Couldn't look at his kind without trying face, or the perfect smile he shared with his brother, or his eyes so brown and deep you could fall right into them. So she didn't look. I'm not doing the project anymore, she said. I'm done. He straightened up. What do you mean? I mean I'm done with the project. I've emailed my supervisor telling her I'm changing the topic or dropping out. It's over. But I don't understand, he said, the first wound opening up in his voice. This isn't just a project, Pip. This is about my brother, about what really happened here. You can't just stop. What about Sal? It was Sal she was thinking about. How above all other things, he wouldn't have wanted his little brother to die in the woods as he had. I'm sorry, but I'm done. I don't... <sighs> Look at me, he said. She wouldn't. He came over to the desk and crouched in front of it, looking up at her in the chair. What's wrong, he said. Something's wrong here. You wouldn't do this if- I'm just done, Robbie, she said. She looked down at him and knew immediately she shouldn't have. This was so much harder now. I can't do it. I don't know who killed him. I can't work it out. I'm finished. But we will, he said, desperation sculpting his face. We will work it out. I can't. I'm just some kid, remember? An idiot said that to you, he said. You're not just some anything. Your Pippa freaking fits a Moby, he smiled, and it was the saddest thing she'd ever seen. And I don't think there's anyone in this world quite like you. I mean, you laugh at my jokes, so there must be something wrong with you. We're so close, Pip. We know Sal's innocent. We know someone framed him for Andy and then killed him. You can't stop. You swore to me. You want this just as much as I do. I've changed my mind, she said flatly, and you won't change it back. I'm done with Andy Bell. I'm done with Sal, but he's innocent. It's not my job to prove that. You made it your job. He pushed against his knees and stood over her, his voice rising now. You barged your way into my life, offering me this chance I never had before. You can't take that away from me now. You know I need you. You can't give up. This isn't you. I'm sorry. A 12 heartbeat silence fell between them, Pip's eyes on the floor. Fine, he said coldly. I don't know why you're doing this, but fine. I'll go to the police with Sal's alibi photo on my own. Send me the file. I can't, Pip said. My laptop got stolen. Robbie shot a look at the surface of her desk. He charged over to it, spreading her stack of papers and midterm notes, eyes desperate. Where's the printout of the photo? He said, turning to her notes clutched in his hand. And now for the lie that would break him. I destroyed it. It's gone, she said. So like I said, we'll finish up today by talking about what we're reading next. Um, and I'll go first. So I am reading They Went Left by Monica Hesse. Um, it is YA. I wanted to grab a YA novel because it's been 
I think that I've read three books that are not YA, and we are high school librarians after all. So I should probably read some YA. <laughs> um, so I'm reading They Went Left. It's historical fiction. It takes place just after the end of World War II in Europe. Um, and the the main character, the narrator, um, is a girl who was in a concentration camp. Um, and now she is out looking for her only remaining family, which is her little brother. And so obviously I'll talk more about it after I finish reading it, but that's the, that's the gist of this book. She's, she's looking for her brother. I would mention this, uh, like after we recorded our last podcast, um, books like that, that are about, you know, just the war and the, and the families and the kids are so much harder to read as an adult and a parent. Yes. Um, Infinitely harder. Even hearing you say that, like my stomach drops. Yes. Um, so, and the, I haven't read the book. I, yeah. I don't know anything else about it, but listening and imagining that because it, you know, those things happen. Yes. I mean, and along those lines, it's called, they went left mm -hmm. um, because uh, she describes in the book, a scene where she was gathered with her family, with all the other Jewish people oh. and they were being sorted into lines. Um, and those that went right, were getting on a train to go to a camp and those that went left were going to get killed. And so Literally when she's describing that, sick. her I mean, parents and her grandmother and aunt and everyone, they went left. Wow. I, I don't know why it's so much harder to grasp that as a as a child and a student for me. And maybe maybe our students do a better job of letting that sink in than I did. I hope they do just because of being able to appreciate it for, from an earlier age. But, yeah, it's just listening to you talk about it. it and it's important to read about. It is. It, you know, it's, it's, uh, gives you an appreciation. It's not something that we'll ever experience. Mm -hmm. Um, it's something that millions of people did experience. Mm -hmm. Um, empathy compassion, and, and putting it into a fiction yeah. story like this, you know, historical fiction. So there's right. a, it's based in a lot of fact, mm -hmm. um, but putting it into a story format, um, really gives uh, life to something that, uh, although it had, a lot of life at the time. I mean, this was many years ago that, that you nor I nor any of our students right. um, can even begin to comprehend. Right. And the story element of it. Brings it into touch. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm excited to hear more about that um, once you finish it. So I've picked, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the YA. The one I just read was not a YA novel, but this one definitely is. It's called Comics Will Break Your Heart. It even looks YA. Yes. It's called, it's by Faith Aaron Hicks. It's got a review by Rainbow Rowell, which I've just read one of her books a couple months ago. Um, and I and I just told you uh, in, in our little break there, I don't know if I'm excited to read this or not. <laughs> like, I don't know what to think about it when I look at it. So I was just like, okay, then I'm just going to grab it. Well, let's just, let's just make it happen. It says it's a charming summer romance um, that explores the messiness of relationships. And it's a coming-of-age romance for our superhero-loving times. So ironically enough, my family is all about the Marvel movies and everything else. And so, you know, I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah. I have no idea what to expect from it. So. Your son's a lot more lighthearted than mine. <laughs> yes, it does. Which might bring a lot of good, a lot of balance to our next for sure, man. episode. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what it's about. Hopefully it delivers. We'll see. Um, but right now it's time for us to check out. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at BDP underscore library. Check out our YouTube channel, BDP Library, for book talks and vlogs and share us with a friend. 
Don't forget to check back with us every other Wednesday for the next episode of Overdue. Make time to read. Thanks for listening.